Liam Dixon can get a jump in a lake. We've made it to the 11th of August, and the technical director and I shuffle up to our box to take in our very first Premier League game in charge. After our preseason tournament ended in something considerably short of a blaze of glory, we've already got a few journalists sharpening their pitchforks. At his press conference before the game, they ask Arteta if he thinks that making the Champions League is realistic or not. We have a lot of thoughts on that, but we're not the ones at the table. Thankfully, the guy who is is incredibly handsome and charismatic, and you can literally see the charm and wit emanating from him as he sits down. He stares knowingly at these reporters asking him this stupid question, and then get lost in his eyes as he tells them that of course top four is realistic. Duh. This is Arsenal. We expect nothing less here. Now, we eat this answer up as much as everyone else, but privately, we spend a lot of time worrying about that. Champions League qualification is the goal that our board has set out for us to start the season, and we've added some pretty key pieces, but you never know. We've lost some key pieces too, and the squad is still very much in flux as this match prepares to begin. But there's hope, and his name is Fabian Ruiz. We look down on the field and see the shiniest of our new signings, El Caro himself, warming up. And we're even more in love than we were last week. Uh, isn't he gorgeous? <laughs> yes. new number 10. Ah, yes, that reminds me. We've done a bit more business since we signed Fabian. I mentioned previously that getting Mezuruzel situated, and by that I mean situated somewhere that isn't on our team, was one of our priorities coming into this window. And to tell you how that turned out, I've prepared a little sonnet. Maestro, if you would, please. Mezud Ozil is one expensive guy. We'd never thought we'd get him off the books. His wage would surely cause a deal to die, and we'd be left completely on the hook. But we were given hope the other day that Mezud could be playing somewhere else, when lo, a team from central Italy swooped in to offer our poor souls some help. T'was Roma, they of red and golden dress, who sought us out so we could make a deal. They offered us a chance to repossess, sweet Mezut, which to us held great appeal. And so, to make sure they would soon consent, we offered to pay 95%. Yes, in order to make sure that Roma wouldn't back out of the deal at the last minute, we offered to pay 95%, or a little over £330,000 a week of Ozil's contract for them. Believe it or not, though, that actually had us spending less money than the original plan. We're that desperate. I think that we should pay all of it. Okay. I think that's only fair. Okay. <laughs> we were paying him to buzz off. <laughs> it may seem drastic to pay that much for one of your players to play for another team, but we're all about making big moves here regardless of what kind of response we may get. We're not here to make friends. We're here to win titles. And if the Ozil loan deal wasn't enough to rile everybody up, we also gave his shirt number, the coveted number 10, to our new boy, Fabiano Ruiz. Oh, Ozil hadn't even like, landed off. Like, like, he wasn't even in Italy yet. And he already had given away his shirt. The body's still, still warm. If the $47 million price tag wasn't enough to put a target on Elgato's back, Taking over the number 10 from a World Cup winner definitely will be. That's the storyline everybody's talking about going into this game. And we are acutely aware 
that our jobs are largely dependent on how this guy, as well as a few others, do this season. And with that in mind, the match begins. And it's live! (laughs) To be completely honest, our hearts are kind of in our throats as soon as the game starts. A goal would really help break the tension, and thankfully, we wouldn't have to wait long for one. Inside the first 10 minutes, we work the ball out to Nicola Pepe, and watch on with glee as he canters easily around Newcastle's right back. We watch in suspense as he picks his head up, scans the field, and fires across into the penalty area. Outside? Yes! Not outside! flying! <laughs> Lacazette times his run into the box perfectly, and his first-time effort flies past Martin Dubravka. Not even a quarter of an hour in, it's 1-0 to the Arsenal. Now, you'd think that a 1-0 lead on a team that looks like a relegation candidate would be enough to help us relax, but uh, no. Turns out that it isn't. Our club finished 5th, but had the ninth best defensive record in the league last year, and blew a couple of leads that could have made all the difference in the world in our ultimately unsuccessful campaign for the top four. We had to spend all that money on defenders for a reason, and as the game continues to open up, we're getting more and more nervous. Newcastle, led by the newly acquired Tammy Abraham and Alan St. Maximin, continue to attack our penalty area without nearly as much resistance as we'd like. We've got new players in a new formation, and with David Luiz at the center of it all, you know that the whole thing is pretty much just a time bomb. To distract ourselves, we take to making somewhat uninspired jokes about their young striker. Can they hit on the break? Oh, Tammy. It's my aunt's name. Look out, Ron's Tammy. <laughs> the solace is brief, however, and we are soon rushed straight back into hoping and praying that we can hold this lead. The clock says that it's not quite squeaky bum time yet, but the technical director and I seem to be getting ahead of ourselves a bit in that regard. Thankfully, at least one of our players appears to be taking this seriously. It has to be. Save. Burnt Leno, aka Brad, hasn't been tested all that much in this game, but just like us, watching from up at the box, he knows that it's going to happen at some point, and probably sooner rather than later. He's been working his arse off all day to try and get our boys organized too, but eventually his instructions go unheeded, and Newcastle get their first legitimate crack at goal. <laughs> Oh no. Oh, what a save, Brad! Brad's excellent work keeps us at 1-0. And following that outstanding stop, the attack picks the game up from there. Late on into the second half, one of our attacking moves brings Danny Ceballos within a very small distance, what we'll refer to here as about a Santi Cazorla in length, of Newcastle's penalty area. Like most of the play we've seen since our goal, however, the chance seems to fizzle out. But then, out of nowhere, Newcastle hands us a lifeline. (sighs) Oh. Right, Derek Reyes. Awarded a penalty we are, and score it, Aubameyang does. <laughs> Easy as you like. That uh, was not as smooth as I wanted it to be, but if you don't know where it's going, then neither does the keeper. It wasn't the most confident of penalties you'll ever see, and hell, this game hasn't been the most confident one either, but it counts. You can actually hear the sighs of relief reverberate around our box. And as our butt cheeks unclench, we look down and enjoy the sight of the player celebrating in front of our fans in the away end. A few minutes later, the whistle sounds, and for the first time since we were hired, we can really celebrate. The dub! Match day one. is a win. As we take the short flight from Newcastle back to London, morale is high, but it only lasts for a couple of days, because our next match in the PL is against the least fun team to play against, or even, one could argue, watch, in the entire division, Sean Deitch's Burnley. 
let me explain what I mean by that. <sighs> we here at Arsenal like to hold ourselves to a certain standard when it comes to the football we play. We're at our best when things are flowing. There's movement off the ball, passes are being connected with ease, touches are sharp, and as soon as they get the ball, players are not only thinking of what their next move is, but the move after that, and the move after that. Especially now that we've hired Arteta, a disciple of the tiki-taka king himself, Pep Guardiola, that brand of football is exactly what we're trying to build our team around. And that's also why we find Burnley's style of play so completely abhorrent. If we play football with a scalpel, then Burnley play it with whatever blunt instrument they could find in the alley outside the stadium. If they had their way, they'd turn our beautiful game into a bar fight, outlawing midfielders completely and playing football so completely mindless and maladroit that they make any Jose Mourinho team look like the Golden State Warriors in comparison. They antagonize, they hit, they hope, they bungle in goals off of set pieces with body parts that you shouldn't be able to use effectively in this sport. And then they park the bus until you literally want to just quit the game out of spite. They are the yin to our yang, and frankly, it would have been nice to have at least a few more months before we had to subject ourselves to their shithousery. But here we are, spending what would have been otherwise a lovely Saturday afternoon watching our team play these ass**s. And we're annoyed right from the get-go, because while the players to watch feature before the game includes our own Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, it also includes someone that he is objectively much, much better than. Well, a couple of star names that we're looking at today. Ah, uh, yes. What do you think, Alex? Chris Wood, would the star. These two in spite of our frustration, though, Burnley's cynical tactics and hunkered-down defense do make Alba and the rest of our strike force look pretty pedestrian. We can't seem to string more than a few passes together, a fact made significantly more irritating by Martin Tyler continuing to point it out. That's an unforced error, really, with the pass. Your mom's an unforced error. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to recover from that one anytime soon. Yeah, he's, he's going back for a drink now. We are certainly starting to get annoyed at how the game is going. And based on the continued cuts to him on the TV broadcast, our manager appears to be as well. Perpetually disappointed Arteta is never satisfied. <laughs> His brow is permanently furrowed. Yes. A chance falls to our new boy, Fabian Ruiz, on the edge of the box. But unfortunately, his volley isn't nearly as handsome as he is. Like most of the good things we've tried so far in this game, it fails. And while we've spent most of the game in Burnley's half, they are starting to make some progress going forward off of the mistakes we keep making. They don't have a ton of attacking talent, to be sure, but if we aren't careful, we start to get the sense that one of these sloppy passes may turn into a goal the other way. They keep getting closer and closer, until finally, this happens. Before this game, I mentioned to the technical director that we had yet to concede in any of our games so far, and now I'm being made to eat those words. Whatever Arteta had been planning to say in his halftime talk has completely changed as the whistle blows and teams walk back down the tunnel. The technical director and I don't usually drink on match days, but we're seriously considering making an exception for this one. We look for all the world like we're going to be the latest victim of Burnley, you know, Burnleying. There is a whole half of football left to play, though, and at least theoretically speaking, anything can happen. That's what we tell ourselves, anyway. But 30 minutes later, we're exactly where we were when the half started only with our bums a little squeakier. Burnley's tactics have somehow gotten even more defensive and soul-crushing, and everything we try at this point is getting stopped before it can really even get started. One of our last forays forward manages to catch Burnley somewhat out of position, though, and with just a handful of minutes left in the game, we try and get a cross into the box for Pepe. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, it's coming. 
Yes. Stuff it in. <laughs> and here we are at Peak Arsenal celebrating a draw. Right when it mattered most, our new boy, Nicola Pepe, appears at the far post and smashes it in from point-blank range. With so little time left, we look like we've locked up a point from what is sure to be one of our most frustrating games of the whole season. It does feel a bit crass to celebrate a tie against an opponent like this, especially at home. But after what we've just seen, we're honestly just happy it's over. We won't see Burnley again until February, and that's enough to make us smile as we leave the stadium, if only for a moment. We're off and running. Nothing to write home about, but uh, reality has slapped us in the face. We've taken four points from our first two matches, which is hardly anything to get all cheesed off about, but the Burnley result certainly seems to have dampened the mood a bit around the office. Thankfully, though, we won't have much time to dwell on it. Before the season started, we set ourselves a goal of getting the majority of our transfer business done before the first match, and being the sweet summer children that we are, we thought we'd done that. Oh, how wrong we were. There are still nearly two weeks remaining before the window closes, an eternity as far as silly season is concerned, and we quickly realize that while we have already done quite a bit of business, we are far from finished. Our first clue that that might be the case actually came before the Burnley game, when we received a rather cheeky offer for one of our prized assets from a very unlikely source. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. Breaking news. We have received a transfer offer from Tottenham Hotspur for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. It is... No, nowhere near enough no. money. No. Nowhere near enough money. And just the sheer chutzpah. I mean, I, like, we respect the hustle. We really do. It reminds us of that time when one of our previous managers made a bit of exactly one pound over a certain Uruguayan striker's release clause. But just like Liverpool did in that situation, we turned Tottenham down. Frankly, $52 million isn't enough to pay for Aubameyang's tracksuit. It's going to take a hell of a lot more than that for us to even consider selling him, regardless of who it's to. The same cannot be said for Lacazette, though. We're less bullish about him than we are about Abba, and when a 51 million pound offer comes in from Valencia, we accept it. It's a good league for him, and we'll give him a chance to really be the guy as he tries to impress the French FA before the Euros. It'll also give us a chance to better evaluate how our young Falcons perform on the big stage, and with all of that in mind, we accept Valencia's offer. He's coming up on 30, and this is the biggest offer we've gotten for him so far. We probably won't get another this good. A few days later, we get confirmation that Laka has agreed to terms, and the sale is complete. Au revoir, Alexandre. Parting is such sweet sorrow. There is good news. While we were busy selling our striker, we've also been quietly pursuing a deal to bring an extremely popular player back to the Emirates, with an eye on eventually making him a coach. Santi Cazorla spent the entirety of his last couple of seasons with Arsenal completely unable to play, but recently, he's had an unlikely renaissance back in his home country. Not only did he make 46 appearances last season at Villarreal, more than he made in the three seasons before that at Arsenal combined, but he also had a very respectable 7 goals and 11 assists as a 34-year-old. We start kicking the tires on this idea as soon as the Burnley game ends. Contract expiring in 11 months. Wonderful. Bring him home! It would score us a ton of brownie points with our supporters, and potentially give us a replacement for Ozil's production in the midfield. His wage demands are a little high, if we're honest, but we want to wrap up negotiations as quickly as we can, 
because this really seems like a no-brainer. He accepts, and we get our man. Santi Casorla, welcome back to the Arsenal. Hello there. We also felt that backup goalkeeper was a position that we could potentially shore up, and that as we looked across the squad, there was a noticeable lack of Englishness on the team sheet. Thinking that we could solve both problems at once, and grab a pretty promising young keeper while we were at it, we secured the services of Bournemouth's Aaron Ramsdale, sending Emmy Martinez in the other direction. He's got a long way to go before he unseats Brad, but we're still very happy to have him. Aaron Ramsdale, welcome to the Arsenal. Hello there. While we're handling our transfer business, there are also still games happening. That's the downside of having the transfer window last all the way through August, but thankfully, our form doesn't suffer too much. We managed to not get completely wiped off the face of the earth by Liverpool, and behind goals from Bellerin and Alba, we scrape out a 2-2 draw in the very last moments of the match. Considering how strong Liverpool appear to be this season, we are fine with that result. We also smash Huddersfield Town 5-0 in our first match in the AFL Cup, which includes this brilliant piece of skill by Eddie Nketiah. Oh my goodness me. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Oh, the Huddersfield defender is looking for his shorts. He's gilded. <laughs> There's been a murder. <laughs> this is certainly the happiest we've seen Arteta all season. But as the transfer window careens towards its exciting final day, he may or may not be smiling when it's over. Outside of our team, the window has already seen some pretty crazy business. Chelsea have splurged on both Leipzig's Timo Warner and Piemonte Calcio's Daniela Rugani, providing a terrifying fortification on both ends of Frank Lampard's young squad, and taking full advantage of their relaxed transfer ban. United have also bought Nicolas Sula from Bayern, hopefully securing a defense that has been widely derided over the past few seasons, despite already having been heavily invested in. Samuel Mtidi is sold to Bayern Munich, and Piemonte Calcio quickly shifts the money they made on Rugani to buy Memphis Depay and Kyle Walker? Really? Is this the same Kyle Walker? Okay. Something like 700 million pounds are spent on deadline day, and we've had as busy of a window as anyone in Europe. But just as the window is about to close for good, we get one last surprise. (laughs) (laughs) So we got a 91 million dollar offer for Aubameyang. I don't see how we turn that down. It's in pounds, too. Yeah. So this is like... And I also think we get to keep them until January. Yes, yes, we do. So. We can barely get the words out fast enough, but suffice it to say, we accept Real Madrid's offer. For our American friends, that's a 113 million pound bid for a striker that will turn 31 in June. We could buy a whole new team with that, or we could buy a striker or two that we really want, especially when combined with the money that we got for Lacazette. We feel great about this. But as soon as the story hits the press, the supporters feel differently. They are furious. We get called heartless, sacrificing our club captain for a cash grab. Typical American owners, they say, only in it for the money and don't care at all about the fans. And we know that nothing could be further from the truth, but the tabloids are taking that narrative and running with it. Even though the bid came in so late that we'll actually get to keep them until January, people are pissed. Like I said, we aren't here to make friends, but we may be doing a little too good of a job at that moment. We've driven our fans into a frenzy. And all of this on the eve of one of our biggest games of the entire season. 
our first North London Derby. Is selling Aubameyang the right decision? Only time will tell, but it certainly wasn't popular. Right now, neither are we. And scene. Career Mode Theater is a Freetime Media production, produced by me, Will Shingleton, and by David Coggan. Tune into our next episode to hear how our first North London Derby goes, how well we get on without Lacazette, and whether or not we get fired because of the Obama Yank sale. We want to hear from you on how we can make Career Mode Theater better, so reach out to us on our Twitter page. And if you enjoyed it, for whatever reason, be sure to leave us a rating and subscribe. We'll be back soon with another episode of FIFA Career Mode Theater. EA Sports, if you're listening, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs>